Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, right now I am joined by an esteemed guest. And I don't always say this about my guests, uh, but I can say that here. Because uh, Dave Melter from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter has been covering re- wrestling for Longer than I have, and I've been following it for a very long period of time, uh, but he has been the best in the business for a very long period of time as well. He joins me here on CBS Sports Radio to talk about WrestleMania 38. DM, it's been a while. How you been? Good. Yeah, it's been since last year's WrestleMania, I think, last time we talked. Did I get you on last year? I thought I missed a year somewhere along the line. I It may have been COVID-related or something like that, but uh, if I talked to you last year, then it's been a, okay, 365 days. Good to get you on again. Uh, night one, Saturday, WrestleMania has become so big, it's been a two-night affair the last several years. How did night one stand up for you? I mean, it started a little slow, but um, it ended up being a really good show, and I think that the key was that uh, – they had advertised Steve Austin for an interview. They made it very clear there would be a fight, but not a match. And he actually did a 13-minute match, um, <laughs> brawling all over the building. And it was very, very satisfying to the fans. The fans loved it. He hasn't done a match uh, since 2003. And he kind of noted, like, his very first career match, uh, which I think would be like 1990, was in uh, Dallas, Texas. And this was in uh, it's actually in Arlington, Texas, this, this show. But he said he, so he would bookend his career, and ended in uh, Dallas, Texas. So he did one final farewell match 19 years after his retirement. And that alone, I think, made it kind of historical. And uh, the return of Cody Rhodes was really big. And, um, you know, um, Charlotte Flair beating Ronda Rousey was interesting. I don't, I don't think people expected that one. Um, so, uh, and Bianca Belair's went over, Becky Lynch went over really, really big. So, um, you know, good show. Um, one unfortunate injury to start the show, but aside from that, uh, went pretty well. Let's break down a couple of them. Um, I said uh, 20 minutes before you came on, uh, I was almost in awe of Steve Austin, who is well into his 50s, hadn't wrestled in 19 years. I'm doing the show, but I've got WrestleMania on, so I'm paying as close attention as I could. And it seemed much like the way you described the card. Uh, the match itself uh, started off a little slow, and he looked like a guy who hadn't wrestled in 19 years. But when they took it out of the ring and went up onto the stage, and he's pile-driving him and uh, beating the snot out of KO and then dragging him back down to the ring, 
Uh, I was impressed with his physical prowess. He was never a good technical wrestler, but at age 57, 58, whatever he is, for him to be able to do what he did was unbelievable. Yeah, he did a lot more than I expected. I knew he could do a lot of it, and and a lot of the the style is like remote in him because he did it for so many years. But doing things at his age, like taking suplexes on the floor, giving suplexes on the floor, that was more than I expected from him, even though I know that he had... uh, trained very, very hard. I had talked to people who had been around him and knew him, and they said he's trained very, very hard. But still, the age is the age, you know what I mean? Um, and uh, taking big bumps like that, yep. he didn't really even take it at the end of his regular career. you know. And, and again, he's had time to heal and everything, but yeah, he does have very bad knees. He does have a very bad neck. And uh, But it was his last one, and, and I know he has great, great pride. That's the one thing where I had told people all along before this, that whatever he, he thinks he can do, he will do. And he will do pretty well because, number one, the crowd will give him um, whatever. You know, the, the crowd is going to accept whatever he can give them because they all understand this. But also, um, he has tremendous pride, and he would not do any – if he didn't think he could do it well, he wouldn't do it, no matter what the money was, because he's – turned down money offers for years, although obviously now the money in wrestling is so much bigger than ever before, and uh, you know, it is a chance to make a lot, a lot of money in one day, which um, you know, um, he never had that opportunity even at his peak to make this kind of money in one day. Well, and he earned every bit of it, and the only thing I questioned was, the one thing he wasn't as good as was as he was when last he left the ring, he never dropped a beer. When they threw it to him from the sidelines, he caught every single one of them. He dropped about eight or nine tonight, so maybe the peripheral vision isn't what it used to be. Yeah. But, damn, he can put them away exactly like he could, too. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I turned the uh, first number over to a six this year. I can't drink like I could in my 30s. And he kept throwing them back one after the other, and it seemed to go on longer than even a usual Steve Austin match. Usually he's good for about 10 or 12. I think he caught about 30 tonight, and he seemed to suck down almost every one of them. Yeah. I think his drinking might have been the most imp- uh, impressive thing he did all night. Especially since he was doing it during the match, before he was doing the match. Was over. Yeah. Exactly right. He didn't uh, do that when he was uh, Stone called the all-time one of the all-time greatest wrestlers in the history of the WWE. Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, I guess, here on CBS Sports Radio. You mentioned Cody Rhodes. A- a personal opinion? I don't get it. I understand the lineage, and I know how important Dusty was to the revolution. It became all of professional wrestling. But his son has never done anything for me. He leaves. He goes to AEW. He's their lead guy. They fall out of love with each other. Can't get a contract done. He comes back to the WWE. I just don't think it's that big a deal. That was one of the matches I really didn't get too much of a chance to watch. Was he at least good in the ring tonight? Oh, he was he was very very good in the ring. Now Seth Rollins, who he wrestled, was phenomenal, but they had they had a killer match, um, and uh, the crowd went crazy for him, and as as you knew they would because when when wrestlers leave one company to go to the other, especially when it's WWE and AEW, the fans of the other company love it. So like there've been you know probably a dozen wrestlers that left WWE, some by choice, some because they were fired and went to AEW, and every one of them comes in and the place goes crazy first time now. That doesn't last forever. That's the honeymoon period. It usually right. lasts, 
you know, and in time you're going you're gonna to end up settling at the level that you are. And with Cody, you know, the match, you know, he comes in, and they just went nuts because it's the first time. And he was a lead guy in AEW. He was, you know, one of their vice president. He was executive vice president of the company, one of them. And, uh, you know, he was a guy who people didn't expect would ever leave, and he decided to do so, you know, for reasons that nobody's really gone into detail on. You know, only three people know, and all three have been pretty quiet about it. But, um, you know, he... Uh, he came in and, and um, you know, with the help of Seth Rollins, had an incredible match. So uh, it was a huge success day one. Of course, you know, staying power is, you know, how, you know, his goal is to come in and win the title. And to win the title, he's going it, it's, it's to, it's very, very important. And, and this, the, the treatment of Cody Rhodes is very, very important because there are a lot of wrestlers in AEW who would probably, you know, you know, go and with the idea like like there is a lot of money in WWE but there's the the thing of well if I come from AEW are they going to bury me for being the opposition and if they bury Cody that will be an answer that hey you know it's not worth going but if they put Cody over huge and they see this reaction at WrestleMania they're going to go like oh my god I could have this moment and I'm not saying that you can't get that in AEW Cody had great moments in AEW um Early on, and 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 everything, and when when he was there, you know, but not 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 with, you know, maybe in front of twelve thousand people, not in front of, uh, you know, tonight was probably sixty five thousand people in the building. Yeah. All right, now uh, I'm going to need to tell Dave Meltzer prediction because you laid it out. I think you're exactly right, and the guy who decide, of course, will be Vince McMahon. Um, how will Cody be handled? Yes, you're going to bring him back. That's part of the negotiation. Again, I'm going to give him a WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania moment, and it was big and uh, was a very good match. Where does it go? Do they put Cody over or? Does Vince take the I'll show the AEW? There's here's their biggest star, and he's going to be a mid card guy for us going forward. Yeah, we did what we had to do to get him, but yeah, we're not going to make him a champ. We're not going to throw a belt on him. Which way is more likely to go? Well, he wasn't their biggest star, but he was in there. He was, in fact, when he left, he'd kind of fallen to the high middle, you know, really. But but he was a big star, and he was a signature star. Um. You know, there's no way of predicting Vince because it really <laughs> it depends. Okay, it depends on two things, and one is the fans, um, but the other is Vince reading the fans. You know, Vince if Vince decides that the fans aren't with it, whether they are or they're not, then he won't do it. If Vince just says I'm going to do it, you know, he'll do it. Um, I think that if you're going to judge on this reaction, it's very strong. You know, it's like uh, it was stronger than AJ Styles when he came from New Japan. And um, and that won Vince over, you know, because Vince didn't think people would know him. Now, uh, you know, obviously coming from Japan, it's very different from coming from AEW, which is on TV and people see every week. So I don't think there was any question. Everyone in the building was going to know who he was, and they were probably going to pop like crazy for him coming out. But we didn't know if they would cheer or boo him. I'm like, well, I mean, I thought they would cheer him. Because in AEW, you know, he was getting a lot of boos, which is actually, I believe, part of the reason he left was because he wanted to be a babyface. And the crowd, and it wasn't the whole crowd. It was, a, it was, a, but it was a very vociferous part of the crowd. They booed him, and there was like literally nothing he could do, and the company could do to change that. And they tried, and it may have just been, you know, that that's part of it, you know. And and going to a new setting, nobody's boo, nobody booed him tonight like that. And I don't think they will. 
Now, I want to get back to one more match on Saturday, which I thought, at least the one I saw, if you tell me the Rhodes uh, set match was as good as it was, I'll take your word for it. I got to go back and watch it, but I did see a good enough part of the uh, Becky Lynch-Bianca Belair match, which I, which I thought was phenomenal. Uh, but hold on, to that, hold on to that for a second. The whole reaction to the crowd, a uh, guy who they want to put over actually being booed, what happened to Cody Ross in AEW, that's Roman Reign in spades, that he was this handpicked guy that they bought through the system and uh, came up and immediately was successful as a member of the Shield. They break him off to go single, and the fans just didn't buy it. And Roman got booed pretty badly uh, when he was a babyface for a period of time. They flip him to heel. He has been phenomenal ever since. Was it ever close that he could have fallen out of favor because if Vince is going to react to the crowd, he used to get booed pretty heartily for a good couple of years in WWE. I think if it was another era, it would have doomed him. But what happened is is that Roman Reigns came right after John Cena. And John Cena was a guy who the crowd at television would boo all the time. But Vince, you know, like anyone who studies the business, the thing that you study the most is who sells the most tickets, who sells the most merchandise. And John Cena, shows with John Cena would sell 10% more tickets than shows without John Cena. Nobody touched John Cena in merchandise except for CM Punk at, 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 at one time or another. But John Cena was the number one merchandise seller that they had for years and years and years while these people are booing him. So Vince knew that, like, okay, they're booing him, but I'm making more money with him as a babyface than if they were cheering him. So as a businessman, I know that him being a babyface is the right thing, even though the people are booing him. And I think that with Roman Reigns, that's what he came from, because Roman Reigns also did well with merchandise. And Roman Reigns was, was still... It's, okay, I can't say Roman Reigns was a giant ticket seller like I can with John Cena, because there's, the evidence wasn't there. But in Vince's mind, he was. Um, he was the top ticket seller, so Vince always pushed him. But I think if... I believe if John Cena um, had not been so successful while being booed, that Vince would have taken the being booed without the evidence that John Cena had and just said, mm, I'll make you a, a heel. Um, and he would have made him a heel. I think he would have always kept him as a top guy, but he would have made him a heel. And, uh, but he, and, and I think maybe that's what took him so long, because really the thing that Roman Reigns should have done was when the people were booing him like that, because he was not... I, I, he was not at the John Cena level. He just wasn't that um, as far as like ticket sales and things like that, that he should have turned to meal. And when he did, Roman Reigns is really, um, um, you know, he's really done great since he started being a heel, uh, much, much better. And when he becomes a baby face down the line, which he will, he will be the successful baby face that they always wanted him to be. It just took a lot more years than they hoped for. Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right. Um, the the heel turn back to babyface shortly as it's starting tomorrow against Brock Lesnar. Uh, the buildup, I think, has been phenomenal. One of the better me- WrestleMania main events buildups over the last uh, year it's been, basically, but certainly the last six months. How's it play out tomorrow? go either way as far as I expect the match to be great um, but as far as who wins you could argue both ways um, Roman Reigns is full time so you would go in that sense 
favor him because he's there every week and Brock Lesnar's only there sporadically. So you want the championship on the guy who's going to be there every week. On the flip side, Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar in their previous match. So it's you can say it's Brock Lesnar's turn. Roman Reigns has been champion for well over a year. And that's a long title reign, so it's, it, you could argue it's time to make that change. And Brock Lesnar's the babyface, and I think that there's something about ending WrestleMania with a babyface winning a world championship and the crowd cheering like crazy. And so for those reasons, I could really see Lesnar winning. In the long run, Reigns will be, whether Reigns wins or not, he will be getting that championship back, um, you know, at some point, probably sooner than later. But as far as for the night, I think that the idea of Lesnar winning and then building it up for another match is probably better because um, Lesnar and Reigns is the uh, biggest match that they have. And um, they can do it again. But if um, Reigns beats Lesnar, you know, this time, as like he did the last time, I think that, well, sure, they could still do it again. I don't think that's, it's as strong with, with, um, if Reigns wins. And I'll give uh, Brock this much credit because when he was champion and he would show up basically for the pay-per-views uh, as a part-time champion, but champion just the same. You really have a champion who doesn't show up on Monday nights? It annoyed the snot out of me. He has been more committed. He has been at more shows. They've actually made him do his own promo work, which he's not great, but at one point he was so terrible they had to have Heyman attached to him because he couldn't do anything by himself. He's actually improved a lot in that. He could carry it for a period of time, maybe better than he ever has as a champion if he wins tomorrow night. Agree well, or disagree? As a babyface, I think he's the strongest he's ever been. Um, and it's time for him to be a babyface at his age and everything like that after, after having spent most of his career as a heel. So um, I, think he, I think he – and also the thing is in WWE right now, if you watch it, the two guys who come across as larger than life are Roman Reigns and Lesnar. So either of them, you know, and I, and I think the goal for this year is to get two or three guys, whether it's a Cody Rhodes, whether it's a Drew McIntyre, you know, whoever, and get some of those guys to at least approach that level so you can mix and match more and you don't have to have just Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns as the top guys. You can have some other guys. So that's how I would look at it. Those two guys are made. And win or lose, they still, they're both still in that, in, going to be in that category. Agreed. All right, you mentioned larger than life. Almost on the undercard against Bobby Lashley should be interesting. I think they've tried to raise him up to larger than life status, and he's not quite there yet for me. Is he for you? Will it continue in that vein with a win over Lashley tomorrow night? It's hard because he doesn't he doesn't sell well, and you need to sell well if you're going to do a match that goes over three minutes. So that's why he's been doing short matches and been protected. But the problem is, is that to get him to the main event level, you really can't give people a three-minute main event. So I think that the, 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 the big problem with Omas is that he was so big that you can't slowly bring him along. You know what I mean? Like, like a normal wrestler where you start him at, at, a, at a certain level and then you, as he gets better and better, you build him up and build him up. With Omas, you pretty much have to always have him win or else you kind of give up on him. And he's had a year of this, and he's really just not, uh, you know, talking-wise and everything like that. I, I don't feel he's a main eventer. I think he can do some Battle of the Giants stuff. I think that with Lashley, there might be something. With Lesnar, I think there'd really be something with him against Lesnar just out of the intrigue, but the match would probably be terrible if it went more than four minutes. And um, so, so 
he's kind of a weird one to book right now. Right. So uh, I'm interested in seeing what, the, what they're going to do. If he beats Bobby Lashley, then um, he pretty much needs to be wrestling Reigns or Lesnar next. But then you have that tricky thing of, okay, he's going to wrestle them next. How do we go more than four minutes in the match without the match falling apart? So Right. They're going to have yeah. to figure that out. I'm, I'm not a fan yet, but I'm open-minded on him. Um, did they do enough for uh, Drew McIntyre? I'm a McIntyre guy. He's, whatever, he's right there with Reigns. is my favorite guy on either of the two rosters. And he carried the company for six months when Roma was out and COVID, and they're playing in front of TV sets rather than in arenas. And I thought he was phenomenal as a champ. And as soon as Reigns came back, he kind of got pushed to the side. Has never really been in the mix since. And I thought it was kind of unfair. I know it's a business, and Vince is going to do whatever the hell he wants. But I'm just a fan watching. And I thought McIntyre was uh, shortchanged a little bit. Had a good wrestle moment, uh, WrestleMania moment, and a uh, pretty good match. Taking out undefeated, happy uh, uh, there. Do you think they did enough for Drew McIntyre? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the, the thing is, you know, his match was just to get him over uh, and hopefully to elevate him back because, yes, he, he was supposed to wrestle Roman Reigns after WrestleMania, at least in January. I mean, things change constantly there, so you, you never know what's going to happen, but everything has gone on to where... To me, you know, like him in this year's WrestleMania was just get him on the show, give him a, a strong win, which he got, clean, strong win, uh, make him look like a star, and then, you know, put him up there in that top-level thing. But, uh, you know, they have to be committed to make somebody besides Reigns and Lesnar. And this year, the whole idea was not to, you know, everything's built around those two guys. So the other people like, um, you know, McIntyre, maybe more than anyone, kind of got lost. And also mm-hmm. McIntyre had a neck injury, which actually healed pretty quickly. But that also, they, they were aware of a neck injury, so you know we didn't even know if he would at one point make WrestleMania, although he was pretty insistent no matter what he would be at WrestleMania. But he ended up recovering pretty quick from the neck injury. So he's in good shape. Um, yeah, he's, he's a star. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, I expect him to be in the main event mix uh, going forward. If not uh, this upcoming year, maybe down the road, because the upcoming year, and I think I've seen you speculate on this, I know I have with others, that the goal for WrestleMania 39 is Roman Reigns against The Rock. Now, Rock would like to do it. Stone Cold coming back, uh, the the all-timers coming back. Certainly, The Rock's in better shape than most of these other guys who are making returns from retirement. And I've read that he wants to do it, but he just can't commit because he's got as many movie commitments as he has, and he doesn't know that he's going to be able to do it, get in shape, and commit for all the time leading up to WrestleMania. Number one, what are you hearing? Number two, do you think it's a possibility? You, you nailed it right on the head. That's exactly what the situation is. And, yeah, I talk to people there about that all the time. And it's like penciled in next year's WrestleMania is Roman Reigns and The Rock. But, you know, nobody knows. And we're not going to know until December probably because the guy's got a million things. You remember he's, 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 he's got the, the um, XFL relaunch at probably right. like February or March which is right when WrestleMania is going on. So he's starting a new football league. He's probably, you know, there's movies. And if he's doing a movie within, you know, even two months of WrestleMania, um, there's going to be, because he did a WrestleMania. It was the the last actual uh, big match he did, which was the one with John Cena. 
and he had a movie commitment right afterwards, and he tore his abduct, abductor muscles and his, he had an athletic hernia. He had a bunch of injuries, and it delayed the filming of Hercules, and he was in pain, and, and, her, and he was supposed to look like Hercules, which, he, you know, he pulled off, but, um, you know, it was a very, you know, it was one of those things where at that point, after that match, it was like he's never going to wrestle again. But it's been years, and, and I think that... I think he may want that storybook retirement not to be, okay, I tore a bunch of muscles and finished the match with John Cena. It's, it's I shared the ring with my cousin, um, and I, you know, and, and, and lost to him. And, uh, you know, left the wrestling business, you know, set a, set, you know, did one of the biggest WrestleMania matches ever. Again, because the Cena matches were two of the biggest ever. So um, I, I believe strongly he would like to do it, but... It's it's there's so many things going on in his life that uh, you know I don't think we're going to know till December so oh. whether he can commit to it or not. Understood. I promised I would get back to it. We'll finish on this note. And again, couldn't watch every single second of it. And I'm uh, on the air hosting the show. It's difficult. But from what I saw, Bianca Belair and uh, Becky Lynch was just stone cold phenomenal. Number one, they're both talented. Number two, they're maybe more over than any women ever in the history of the WC, uh, WWE. Uh, certainly at the top of his game, the man, uh, top of her game, the man was when Becky Lynch was uh, the creme de la creme, but Bianca Belair has certainly captured that from her with the Becky heel turn. How good was the match? Uh, they didn't have a, uh, they, I thought it could uh, have gone on even longer because both looked like they wanted to continue going on. How good was was it? Uh, is this going to be an ongoing rivalry? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was a great match. Um, I think, I think it was the best women's match ever at a WrestleMania. I think I would say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it was it was much better than Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, which was you know considered the bigger match of the two, and really wasn't. Um, so yeah, the um, you know and Bianca, it was her. T- it was her time. She'd been chasing this title since uh, Becky came back. And um, I, I sensed the story was going to end at WrestleMania like it, uh, like it did. Um, it was the right finish to do. Becky should be champion again down the line. I think she probably makes a better long-term champion. But it's, you know, it was Bianca's time to win because she had lost many times in the lead, you know, last year to Becky. So, um, yeah, um, you know, that was, that was the story. It was a good long-term story that climaxed at Mania, and that's, uh, you know, I guess in perfect WWE booking, that's what you do. You uh, <laughs> heel wins at SummerSlam and kind of retains it through the end of the year, and then the babyface comes back and starts chasing again. And they paid off big time with uh, one of the greatest WrestleMania um, female matches of all time. Uh, Dave, great stuff. We kept you a full 20-plus. Thank you very much for doing it. I will certainly be in touch next year on WrestleMania night. Thank you very much for being part of tonight. Okay, thanks very much. I'll talk to you, I guess, in a year. Yes, you will. That's Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. I'm telling you, he's the best in the business. Has been for decades. (laughs) He still is. And I appreciate him coming out with me tonight. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.